Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the first Denver Stiff Show of 2020. My name is Ryan Blackburn, site manager for Denver Stiffs, and I am joined here today by my esteemed senior writer for Denver Stiffs. It is Brandon Ewing. Skip, how are you doing, man? Ryan, I am fantastic. I'm having a great 2020 so far. Can't complain about anything. And uh, I'm happy to be on the first Denver Stiff Show of this decade. So let's make it happen. Happy New Year, man. What, how'd you spend the New Year? I spent my New Year, uh, Caitlin and I, my girlfriend, had a couple friends over. We just had a low-key game night, played a little Call of Duty Modern Warfare, because that's what I like to do in my free time. Let's and go. we were in bed before the we were in bed before the ball dropped. So even though I'm kind of on the younger side, I'm definitely I was with the older crowd. I was in bed by 11 or so I could not hang for the ball drop but it was a it was a lot easier that way I got a good night sleep <laughs> we're recording this over what about, FaceTime what about you? right now oh no no I'll, I'll let them know but we're recording this over FaceTime right now because we couldn't record it over Skype because boomer Brandon over there does not know how to work Skype on his laptop so we're uh we're, we had to really pivot and improvise uh, I really have no idea because there used to be a little app on my on my Mac that said Skype, and I was like, perfect, it would take me right there. And now every <laughs> time I go to the top right and type Skype, it takes me to this weird Microsoft website. I log in, and it says I got to pay for something, and it makes me incredibly confused. So the FaceTime thing is much easier for me, and all parties involved. <laughs> yeah, never never pay for anything. Always always get what you can for free. Uh, I spent. Uh, I spent the New Year's Eve time with my family. Just had a good time. Time in we uh we made some fun foods. I made my own queso dip uh, from a from a scratch recipe that included chorizo. It was pretty good. Had a nice time in. Pretty boring, but when you had to watch the the Nuggets game right beforehand, it was uh, a little bit restricted on on what I wanted to do. But either way. The Nuggets game that we had to watch right before the ball dropped for New Year's Day was the Nuggets getting thrashed by the Houston Rockets. Final score, 130-104. to It was not as close as the score indicated, especially in the fourth quarter where the Nuggets were beaten by 23. The, the, final, the, the fourth quarter frame was 38 to Houston, 15 to Denver. And it showcases a lot of the problems that this team has right now. But I'm going to start with you, Brandon. I was really impressed with Nikola Jokic and how he was able to score throughout this game. But it didn't really seem like anybody came with him. It didn't really seem like he had a, a partner in crime when, when the Nuggets really needed somebody else to show up. Uh, Jamal Murray's had a really rough go lately. Uh, 
Is is that something that that you're seeing as well with Jamal? And and if so, how do you think he can right the ship a little bit? Yeah, with, with Jamal, it's one of those things where I still think that he is he's playmaking. He's he's leading this Nuggets team at the point, but those shots just aren't falling as of late that we are growing accustomed to to start the season because those consistency questions were ones that that came out a lot before the season began, and I think Jamal Murray answered those in the first month or so of the season. But now his his scoring's been starting to dip a little bit, and I don't necessarily think it's it's poor shots that he's taking. I think that the shots just aren't falling, but I think that that's certainly something to monitor going forward because like you said, Nikola Jokic needs a partner in crime. He he still had a really good game against the Rockets, but like you mentioned, nobody was there to help him out, and Jamal Murray has to be that second guy. So I think a lot of it is just those shots aren't going down right now, but but as we have seen with Jamal Murray in his career, those shots, once they start going down, they, they can go down in a flurry, and then he can start getting on a roll. So even though he's cold right now, I wouldn't be surprised especially tomorrow night with a pretty good matchup against the Pacers to see him snap out of it, maybe have a good scoring game, and then hopefully ride that on for the rest of the road trip. Yeah, honestly, I'm a little bit worried about him tomorrow night. If if Malcolm Brogdon plays, he will most likely guard Jamal Murray throughout that contest. And you, you never know. Like, I, I assume that Malcolm Brogdon will play. I know that he left one of the previous games a little bit earlier. But... Over the last six games, Jamal Murray is shooting 38% from the field. That's just not going to cut it. That's just not going to get it done. With the way that he's playing, with the way that he's scoring, the Nuggets have been able to kind of figure things out without him. But for them to be at their best, Jamal Murray has to be at his best. And while Jokic has, has really performed well of late, Murray's just kind of taken a step back. And so it gives, it always gives everybody, especially national people, a lot of pause when giving Denver credit because Murray has been so inconsistent. He started the season really well. He's had some really great moments. He had a 33 point game against Orlando, followed by a 28 point game against Minnesota right before he's gone on this last six game stretch where he shot 38% from the field. So very up and down, very irregular. You hope to see a little bit more out of him because in all honesty, that was the main difference in this game was that Jokic came to play, Russell Westbrook and James Harden came to play, but Jamal Murray just couldn't really get the shots to drop. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing with Murray too is these last four games is when he's been really struggling ever since that Christmas game against the Pelicans, and right. it's weird because that Pelicans that Pelicans game came two days after he hit the game winning shot against the Phoenix Suns, that little step back jumper, and you think that that's a shot that kind of gets him going and that he builds on, but exactly. it's kind of been the opposite. Yeah, it really has been kind of just a spiral since that point, and I wonder if the the bout with Jeru Holiday and and, and getting into that on Christmas Day really threw him for a loop. But he has gone through adversity before. He's obviously been in a very dark place at the beginning of the playoffs last year before really coming back and showcasing exactly what his abilities are all about. So I'm a little bit worried. I also think that there's there's definitely a possibility that the insertion of Torrey Craig into that starting lineup really affected him and not having that extra space, not having another guy that could take pressure off of Murray and Barton really affected those two specifically. So we'll just have to see how it goes. You got to hope that Gary Harris comes back healthy because 
they they clearly missed him on the offensive end, if only for his spacing and, and aggressiveness. And clearly they missed him defensively because the Nuggets gave up 130 points. So Russell Westbrook went off. James Harden went off, especially. He had 35 points on 17 shots. Like when that happens, uh, you just you just kind of tip your cap to a guy. But it also comes down to the bench scoring and and how Isaiah Hartenstein accumulated 16 points on eight shots and Eric Gordon put up 12 points on seven shots and Ben McAmore hit three threes. Uh, Denver's bench really struggled and I was really surprised not to see Michael Porter Jr. in the in the second half until right at the end of the game. So. Uh, what do you 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 recently did a piece on Michael Porter Jr. and how he continues to grow with his minutes? What have you seen from him over these last few games that has really piqued your interest in terms of his scoring ability and ability to really affect this Nuggets team? The the biggest thing that stands out to me, and I think it's it's noticeable for everyone watching the Nuggets, is his confidence. He he's a guy who, when he's on the floor, that confidence can flourish, and that's only going to help his offense grow. And I think that was clear in the Sacramento game when he was just hitting shots, he was hitting putback dunks, he was doing everything the Nuggets needed him to do, and that carried over into the Rockets game in the first half when he scored seven points in the first six minutes he was on the floor. So I mean right. he's constantly making he's constantly making stuff happen. So that's why I thought made it a little interesting that he didn't really get that chance in the second half till the end of the fourth quarter, especially when the Nuggets were were given were still giving up points left and right. So the defense wasn't an issue and they they needed offensive help. So why not call upon the guy who just scored 19 points in his first career start and literally scored 7 points his first 6 minutes. So I think that confidence is something that's really growing with Michael Porter and, and it's helped with his minutes because I mean he he's been playing more frequently lately and when you do that you know what you're going to get on a nightly basis and that helps a, especially a young guy like him. For sure, for sure. I again, I've been really impressed with what he's done especially over the last 3 games. He he performed on that Saturday night Oh, Saturday night, excuse me. Uh, then he on the back to back gets the start in for Gary Harris uh, on against the Sacramento Kings and really showcases his abilities. And I was surprised that he did not get the call in the second half. But that's just the thing with Michael Malone is that his his default setting when the Nuggets aren't defending is to add more defenders, is to try and get the the defense going, get them more involved, but. In reality, I just don't think the Nuggets were going to compete with the Rockets unless they keep pace with them, unless they score with them. Because if you don't have Gary Harris at your disposal and you can't get 35 minutes of all-defense all caliber defense from, from one of your starting guards, it was very clear that the Rockets were picking on Jamal Murray and they were not really caring that Torrey Craig was the guy that was guarding them or when when you start getting into the rotation that that Malik Beasley wasn't going to stop James Harden at all and they got Nikola Jokic out on switches so in my opinion when you when you're missing an all defensive guy you have to pivot you can't just replace him with Torrey Craig because that just affects the affects the defense and it affects the offense to to a certain point that it's it's unable to recover Denver only put up 104 points in this one, even though they were really keeping pace and they scored 26 in the first quarter, 26 in the second, 37 points in the third quarter. 
Well, they really started opening it up, and I thought that they would continue to try and score because I think that they definitely could have outscored the Rockets in this situation. But as it turns out, that just didn't happen. But oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to point out this stat that I put in my article that you were talking about today that, that just really piqued my interest. So in games where Porter has played 10-plus minutes this season, he's averaged 7.4 points per game, which is two points better than his complete season total. So if he's getting over 10 minutes a game, he's producing. So th- this one was a little smaller sample size, but I still put it in the article anyway. So when he's played 18-plus minutes this season, it's only been in three games, but he's averaged 14.3 points per game in those three games. So if he's getting minutes... He's making the most of them. So I get that it's a small sample size, but I think there's something to that, that when he's on the floor, he's making those minutes count, which is all he could do because, I mean, in order for him to get more playing time, he just has to make the most of those minutes. I think that's something he's done, especially lately. And you know what? I've been really impressed with the way that he gets those shots too. And you look at his shot chart, he's had, he had one, uh, he had one, or we'll call it two mid-range jumpers. One of them he made, one of them he missed. That, but then the rest of his shots came from either behind the three-point arc or inside the restricted area. And when you have a guy like that who can continue to take shots in efficient places and generate those good looks, that's going to open up the rest of the offense for everybody else. And it allows a guy like Jamal Murray to flourish in the mid-range or Nikola Jokic to really take advantage of that short role when he has Michael Porter Jr. at the top who the defense can't leave or Michael Porter Jr. in the restricted area where he jumps over his the guy who's guarding him. He On a number of occasions, he was defended by Eric Gordon, who's like 6'4". And when you get to that point where you could just throw the ball up to Michael Porter Jr., who's six foot ten, he just jumps right over him and can can score in the lane. So that really helps when you have a guy like Jokic who can be who can move around to different places. But I'm still a little bit concerned with Mason Plumley and him as a long term fit. I don't think the Porter and Plumley fit very well together, just because they like to operate in a lot of the same places on the floor. But Porter's a guy who's willing to take a lot of those shots and. Plumlee has to be in the restricted area in order to take some of those and make some of those. So it's going to be interesting to see how Denver works Michael Porter Jr. into this rotation. But I really do think that there is a spot for him if they're willing to give them the opportunities, if they're willing to allow him opportunity to develop his shot, because it, it does just seem something special when you give him the chance. Yeah, no, I think I think the opportunity is all he needs. And, and like I mentioned in the article, I think he's making the most of it, but He's still got to get more chances moving forward, and I think that the Nuggets are going to let him do that, and he's just got to continue to flourish in those moments. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what else we can talk about from this game in particular. Um, <clears throat> not a ton. I mean, the Denver just really – they got hit in the mouth. Oh, they only attempted 25 threes, and they only attempted nine free throws. And I I am going to continue to push this home until somebody listens to me. If they aren't going to get to the free throw line, then they have to be firing shots up from valuable places. And Porter helps them do that. He took four of his six attempts from beyond the three-point line or right at the rim. There are not enough players who take the shots in the valuable places right now. Uh, Jokic has the capability to take them in inefficient locations because he makes them so frequently, but he's really the only one, as is, we'll we'll call it Monte Morris and him, and Will Barton has a decent pull-up jumper as well. But other than those guys, 
and and maybe Murray on a good day. The Nuggets really struggle to generate consistently good offense when they're not taking the shots in the correct spots, if they're not creating looks at the rim, when they're not getting to the free throw line, when they're not generating threes. I'm going to continue to push that. 25 threes is not enough. The Rockets took 34. They also had 31 free throws. Denver just not doing the right things offensively. Um, and then that's obviously going to hurt them when they're facing a really elite team like the Rockets. So that's pretty much it for that. Let's let's move into another topic. Actually, we've talked about Porter. We've talked about uh, Houston. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some more lighter stuff. I want to talk about New Year's resolutions because it is the new year. Nuggets are in a really good spot right now, despite losing this past game. Uh, let's see what everybody needs to get. Let's see. Let's see if if Jokic wanted to have a resolution. What would he ask for? What would he request? We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm with Brandon Ewing, giving Jenna Garcia and Zach Mikosh the night off today. Obviously, with the with the holiday time, everybody deserves a little bit of time off. So, uh, Brandon, did you make any New Year's resolutions this year? No, I didn't really make any New Year's resolutions. I'm, I've been really busy lately because me, Caitlin, and I are moving in a few weeks. So today we spent most of the day packing. The next week or so is going to consist mostly of packing. So my resolution is trying to get everything out of my apartment, moved into the next one, and hopefully saving as much money as I can on this security deposit I hope to get back from my apartment place because <laughs> my... Kovu like Kovu likes to mess up the apartment a little bit, so I hope the apartment company is not listening to this podcast. I doubt that they are. But <laughs> oh, I'm gonna man. have to do a little some some cleanup around the old the old place because Kovu likes to have a little fun with it when the, when mom and dad aren't home. So. <laughs> oh yeah, he uh he likes to to roll out the toilet paper a little bit and rip up the carpet. You know, he is a huge fan of receipts, which is the weirdest thing. Receipts and. Yeah, he loves receipts. Like we we left to go out to my car the other day or so. We came back and he literally ripped up a receipt right on the floor. But like he doesn't rip up his toys or do anything like that, which is crazy. But it's just receipts. And then, you know, he is the occasional. He forgets that I'm supposed to take him outside to go to the bathroom. And he loves to just take a monster dump right in the middle of my living room. So that's always <laughs> the, another. that's always another terrible part to come home to. But other than that. He's a great dog. Actually, while we have all the listeners here, I just made him an Instagram page today. So go follow Kovu1711 on Instagram, and you'll see all my dog stuff. We put up a great photo today. This is can't miss content. You got to go to Kovu1711 on Instagram. 
<laughs> I've never really understood the uh, the the dog Instagram pages, but I'll, I'll let you have your fun. Everybody, go follow Brandon's oh, dog on, on Instagram. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a. I've just my 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 resolutions are basically just be more active and eat more healthy and very boring stuff, but very necessary stuff, of course. Uh, and yeah, so that's pretty much it with me. So the Nuggets should have some resolutions as well. They are in a, in a really interesting position as a team right now where they're doing really well, but there are still things that I think every player, every, even the coaches could, uh, could look to improve, could, are probably hoping to improve at some point or, or they, they would like to request something. So I want to go through the roster. I want to go through everybody and say, okay, what do we think their new year's resolutions are? What do we think they are requesting? So are you ready to get into it? Skip? Let's get into it. Let's go. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm going to start at the back end of the rotation. We're ju- we're only going to do rotation players, by the way, and that's going to include include Tory Craig and Watcher Henning Gomez, uh, as well as the other ten main rotation players. So, let's get into Tory Craig. So, if I asked you, what do you think Tory Craig's New Year's resolution for this Nuggets team is, or what what would it be? Uh, Tory Craig's New Year's resolution should just be to make three pointers when he is in the game because we know what he's going to give this Nuggets team defensively so I think it's important that when he gets those three-point looks offensively he's got to make the most of them kind of like what we're talking about with Michael Porter Jr. he's got to Michael Porter Jr. has to take advantage of his minutes same goes with Torrey Craig because Torrey Craig's in the same boat where he you don't know if he's going to play on a nightly basis so when he does he can't just make his presence felt defensively he also has to find a way to give the Nuggets something offensively and I think it comes down to that three-point shot and if he's making those that needs to be his resolution is just continue to find that three-point shot when he is on the court yeah I think I agree uh Torrey Craig right now shooting 23 percent from three and if you remember his his three-point percentage in the playoffs last year was 47 percent it was basically double what he's shooting right now in terms of a percentage. Oh, it, was li- so, it was light. It was lights out in the playoffs last year. It was unbelievable, especially the second he half was, of the season. And, and that's what really helped him stay in the rotation and make an impact. Uh, the Nuggets didn't really have a great situation with Will Barton at the injured point that he was, but Torrey Craig really answered a lot of those prayers. He was able to provide a defensive edge in the playoffs when they came up against San Antonio, he helped guard Derek White and DeMar DeRozan and, and helped really change that series. So, but that came with him also shooting threes that came with him also being a capable member of that rotation. And the way that you do that is you space the floor. So I I hope that he continues to get his three pointer up because I think that would really help him and really help the Nuggets team. Um, Let's go with Wancho Hernan Gomez. I have one, and I'll st- I'll start on this one. I think Wancho's New Year's resolution is to probably be traded, and that probably seems harsh. That probably seems really tough. But Wancho's a capable rotation player in the right situation, and it's unfortunate that he doesn't have that great spot here. But with with Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant at power forward and Will Barton and now Michael Porter Jr. at small forward. It's really tough to find a place for Wancho in the rotation right now. So 
if I were him, I would be wanting a trade right now. And for the Nuggets too, because it's really hard to have somebody who's unhappy in the back end of the rotation when you're trying to do a playoff, get into a playoff series and, and be capable in that spot. So he's a really big part of this team's culture. He's a really big part of this team. But I still think that the Nuggets would be doing the right thing by him by trading him to a spot where he could continue to get those minutes and maybe they get an asset back for him and let that be that. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I think Wancho's a guy who who certainly deserves an opportunity. I mean, we've we've seen... Uh, what kind of player he could be when the Nuggets had given him chances, and I think that he could really do some good things on a on a different NBA team. It's just tough for him now, like you mentioned, with with the minutes being so hard to find for for the other players. It's even harder to find for him, and and we've seen it at times this season when he filled in for that that little three or four game stretch at the beginning of the season when he was just giving him constant energy. I think that that's something that he could really provide to a team. And, and like you said, he's been he's been really big with the Nuggets culture change, and it, it'd be really tough to lose him, but. They should definitely do right by him, giving him oppor- give him an opportunity to flourish, and I think that he would definitely definitely make the most of it. Because, like you said, he he's a rotational NBA player, and I think that uh, he could do really well wherever he lands. And, you know, sometimes the best thing for culture is just to do the right thing by a player when when they're unhappy, when they're in a tough situation, and everybody knows it. Because I think everybody can see the talent that Porter has, and that he could potentially be really impactful for this team going forward. But if the if the goal for Denver is to continue to get Michael Porter Jr. time, at least in the short term, it doesn't make sense for Wancho to be here. Now, maybe they want to keep him around and they just assume that Michael Porter Jr. is going to start next year. And if Michael Porter Jr. starts, then Wancho Hernan Gomez can back him up. But even then, I just don't think that Wancho is going to want to be in that situation. That's It's just a really tough place to be. And he has more talent than the 10 minutes per game, 12 minutes per game that he's going to get in that situation. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see. And I I root for Wancho. He is such a great player. He's such a, a nice person and just a, a super fun ball of energy that, that we've gotten to know as media members just being in and around this team and in and around that locker room. He's always smiling. So uh, hopefully... Wancho gets the best for himself because he deserves it. I agree All right. completely. <laughs> Let's get into Malik Beasley then, because I think Beasley's kind of in the same situation, but not really. So do you have a good resolution for Malik Beasley? Oh, gosh. And I agree. It's kind of a similar situation, but but I don't think it is. It really, though, because I think Malik Beasley can be such a valuable asset asset for this Nuggets team, but he really hasn't got the consistent minutes this year, which is crazy because cause I just looked it up. So I think his resolution needs to be he needs to buy somebody dinner. I don't know. He needs to make somebody happy because last year he was averaging twenty three point <laughs> he was averaging twenty three point two minutes a game. This year he's only getting sixteen, and that seven extra minutes a game is huge for Malik Beasley because because man we we've seen when he's been given the chance that over just the last month or so he's been draining threes left and right. So it's it's not like his game has changed completely. He's still the same Malik Beasley we saw last year. So his resolution just needs to buy out just buy everybody dinner for the next week or so. So then maybe he can get those consistent minutes back up because when he's on the court, he's making those minutes happen. And I think for the nuggets, like we talked earlier, who've been kind of struggling with the scoring off the bench from time to time, Malik Beasley can be a guy that can fix that right away. So, uh, 
He just needs to to finally get some more minutes, and I don't know how we're going to make that happen. So what's your take on the situation? Well, yeah, for a team that needs to make more threes, it's, it's just been really surprising to see Beasley hasn't had those consistent opportunities. And I'm surprised that the Nuggets haven't gone small as frequently as we thought they would. Uh, when you have guys like Murray, Harris, and Barton in the starting lineup, I know that the the counter usually is to have somebody bigger in the back or in the in the backup lineups and when you have Torrey Craig as a backup then that makes a little bit of sense because he can also provide some defense there but it's it's tough and I know that Beasley is probably not going to be a nugget going forward after this season because he wants as much of an opportunity to start as anybody else on this team and while he's he's not quite in the same position as Wancho, Beasley is a starting caliber shooting guard, in my opinion. He showed that last season when given the opportunity, he could really light it up. And he, even this year, when he's been given the opportunity, he can certainly light it up from the perimeter. I'm going to look up his numbers real quick from a, a per 36 perspective as opposed to last year. Per 36, he's averaging 17.6 points last year and 15.5 points this year. But his three-point percentage is just about the same. He's just taking uh, a couple less free throws, just just in, a little bit less efficient inside the arc. But I think that's going to come up with a little bit of more spacing, a little bit more time. He has the capability to be a shooting guard starter in this league. And I just think his rota- his his performance is going to be indicative of whether he can defend. So maybe his resolution should be, I want to get better on defense so so I can consistently be a starter. I'm going to be... Oh, we lost our connection really quickly there, and Brandon. Brandon it's because I don't to, know. It's, I'm telling you, it's because I don't know how to use this stuff. It just literally hung up on me out of nowhere. I didn't even touch a button. I heard you say uh, Malik Beasley defense resolution, and the next thing I know, boom. I'm just I'm just hearing myself nothingness. <laughs> That's okay. We talked enough about Malik Beasley. He's he's in a tough position right now. Let's move into Michael Porter Jr. Actually, uh, what do you think his New Year's resolution should be? Ooh, his New Year's resolution. Uh, continue to grow as a defender because I think that Michael Malone mentioned after the Sacramento game that he's he's seen defensive improvement from Michael Porter Jr., so that's a good first sign. So I think he needs to continue to do that because we've already seen him grow offensively. So I think the only thing really holding him back right now is his defense, and I still really don't think his defense is that bad. So I, I just don't – he just needs to be getting way more minutes because I don't think his defense is that poor at all. And I get that some people think differently, but I still think he's doing a really good job affecting shots at the rim. You you can just tell he's really bought in on that end of the floor every time down there. So I think that continuing to grow as a defender is a huge part of his game because we've already seen his offense grow. So now it's just that other part of his game that will hopefully allow those minutes to start coming more consistently. So just going to look up this number real quick to give some perspective. Denver's defensive rating right now, according to NBA.com, is 105.2. When Michael Porter Jr. is on the floor, that number has risen to 111.1. So that is the worst on the team in terms of on-court defensive rating outside of 13 minutes from Jared Vanderbilt, which I'm not going to count. The lowest number uh, for 
is actually when Jeremy Grant is off the floor, but that's because that's when all of the starters are on the floor at the same time. But Michael Porter Jr. is right, right up there. He tied with Malik Beasley for the, the next lowest when he's off the court, which means to me that this team just defends better when Michael Porter Jr. is off the floor. But he's certainly made progress over the last few games, and I don't necessarily think that all of their defensive lapses over the last few games have been because of Michael Porter Jr. I mean, against Houston. In the fourth quarter, he barely played, and they, they scored 38 points and really turned this game into a into a complete meltdown because Denver couldn't really stop anything that Houston was doing, even when Torrey Craig was on the floor and Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and guys like that, when you have your defensive lineup. So I think it's it's that to like that's that's also a piece of it. But I also think that Porter needs to continue to work his way into the offense. And it's not just it's not just the shot. He has to continue to make good reads. And sometimes his sh- sometimes his shot is the best read that he can make, but there are a lot of situations where he takes a contested shot because he believes that that's the best option when in reality it's not. So he'll continue to learn. But I think his New Year's resolution just has to be, let me play as much as possible, coach. That's my, uh, that's, that's, that would be his pitch because the Nuggets have really done some great things when he's been on the floor a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that grows from him. And when we talk about 2020 in general, this also factors in next season too. So he may be playing a lot more when, when it's all said and done at the end of 2020. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows. Uh, Monte Morris, and, and let's let's go rapid fire on these next few. Uh, what, do, what, do you, what would you consider Monte Morris's New Year's resolution to be? Uh, I would say his resolution needs to be built on what we saw from him against in the Rockets game. I mean, he had one of his best games of the season. He went 8-12 from the field, 18 points, dished out four assists, and he created three steals. So I think his resolution needs to be build, build, build. Just build on that performance we saw in the Rockets game because I think Monte still had a pretty good season, not as great as we saw that breakout year last year. But that game against the Rockets, man, that, that gave us a really – a great sign of things to come for Monte. So I think build, 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 and I think that uh, he'll be he'll help that Nuggets second unit create more production going forward. <laughs> I really think that this the second unit is better when Monte Morris is aggressive. He took twelve shots last night, and there were really good shots most of the time. Like sometimes he had to take late shot clock shots, and that was that was I, I remember vividly one of his misses from three was because he was kind of stuck with it right at the end of an isolation possession at the end of the shot clock. But most of the time he's snaking his way into the lane. He's hitting his floaters. He's hitting his mid-range shots. He's getting to the rim and, and he made an and one. And that was that was a really impressive play against uh, rim pressure. So he has the opportunity to continue to pencil his way into the playoff rotation for this Nuggets team. If he can continue to play like he did, then I agree. I think that it's it's just build, build, build with what he's done. That's a good way to phrase it. Um, Mason Plumley. Well, I I think I'll I'll stay for this one. I think is it just has to be a know your role situation with Mason Plumley. Uh, 
his New Year's resolution to me is just accept, just do the things you're good at. Do the things that make you who you are, and that's get above the rim, grab as many rebounds as possible, make some sick passes in the in transition and in the half court, and just do what makes you you, and uh, keep within that role, and that's what's going to keep him on the floor in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think his resolution needs to continue to just be a a dynamic free throw threat because, I mean, in that Sacramento (laughs) game, he was 9 for 10 from the line, and in the Houston game, he was 2 for 4. So, I mean, he's 11 of 14 from the free throw line in his last two games. So he's just – he's turning a new leaf there. I think 2020 has been good to him from the free throw line, so he just needs to continue to build on that. I mean, the the charity stripe has been charitable for Mason Plumlee to start 2020. So build on that, big fella. (laughs) He he hasn't played any games in 2020, Skip. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so – we're still not going to edit that out because he's yet to miss a free throw in 2020. He's shooting a hundred percent from the yeah. line. Keep it, keep it rolling, baby. That is the way to turn a leaf. I, I will say that for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, free show shooting. If, if Mason Plumlee shoots 70% in 2020, then that's a great thing. That would be, that would be a wonderful thing for him and for the nuggets. Um, if Mason Plumley can shoot like 80% from the free throw line, I will buy every one of the Denver Stiffs Nation a Mason Plumley jersey. Let's let it roll. Let it roll. It's on the table. <laughs> you must have a lot of confidence that that's not going to happen. <laughs> hey, or I have a lot of confidence it's going to happen, and I just want to build my credit. Either way, it's going to be great for me. Let's go. I'm, I'm all about building credit, as you should be at your young age. Uh, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Jeremy Grant, uh, six foot nine. Jeremy Grant, super athletic. He's been shooting the ball really well. What should his New Year's resolution be for this Nuggets team? Uh, continue to gel with the with the team because I think that we've seen these these last few weeks, the last month or so, he's been gelling with the team really nice. And I think that it's it's not that he wasn't starting the season great with the team. I still think he was still trying to find that rhythm and that confidence. But now you're, you're seeing him flourish a little bit. And I think that he just needs to, like everybody else, build on what he's doing. His three-point shot's going in. Keep doing that. He's getting to the rim. He's hammering dunks. Keep doing that. I think it's still important for him to grow as a rebounder, get a little more aggressive down low, get a little more chippy, a little more attitude. But I think once he gets that and that rebound grows then he's still going to be that that perfect first guy off the bench and I think that uh that that rebounding will come so I think that as long as he gets a little more aggressive down low that can be his resolution aggressive 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 he's been aggressive with his three-point shot he's been aggressive to the rim now he's gonna be aggressive with that rebounding yeah, hey, rebounding's a really big one. He he has been struggling with his rebounding over the course of this year, and that was never something that he really excelled in. And it, to me, that, that wasn't the reason why they got him from Oklahoma City. He's a dynamic athlete. He's a dynamic presence as a defender when he can, as he continues to grow, as he continues to develop his game. But my, my New Year's resolution for him is to continue to grow your chemistry with with uh, Nikola Jokic because if he continues to do that then he may be the starter of this at, at power forward for this team next time around and in 2020 season so I'm looking forward to seeing whether he can continue to grow next to Nikola Jokic and I think this playoffs is going to 
is going to say a lot about that. We're a long ways out from that, even still probably about, well, really three months away, four, three and a half months away from, from playoff time. But once we get into that, I really genuinely believe that Jeremy Grant is going to be a major impact player for this Nuggets team in the playoffs. So let's keep it going. Let's get into the starting unit here. Let's talk about Paul Millsap because we just talked about Jeremy Grant. They're kind of in a similar position as power forwards on this team. They've they've played they've played basically equivalent minutes this year. Paul Millsap has obviously played most of his time with Nikola Jokic in the starters. What would Paul Millsap's uh, New Year's resolution be with the Nuggets in 2020? I think a good resolution for for Millsap is is just find a way to be healthy, especially when the Nuggets need him most. Because I, he he's missed a couple games lately, and I think that that's more of the Nuggets just being cautious. Obviously, because they they don't need Paul Millsap now; they need Paul Millsap in April when the playoff time's here. So I think it's important for him these next three months in the regular season to to find a way to be healthy and playing his best basketball when April comes. Because, I mean, he's still been really good this season when he's been on the floor. I mean, he's fourth on the team with 12.4 points per game. He's still leading the Nuggets in three-point field goal percentage of 45.6. I mean, he's only attempting 2.3 a game, but still, that's a pretty big number for him. And I think as long as just he's just healthy when this Nuggets team need him in April, his, his best – Ability is availability, and that's what they need from Paul Millsap. And when he's been on the court this season, you've seen how important he is to this Nuggets team, and that's something they especially need when it comes playoff time. Just going to look it up here real quick. He shot 31% from three in the playoffs last year, and him shooting this year, he's at 45.6% from three, trending down a little bit, but still in a really great position for this Nuggets team. Him shooting above 40% would just be unbelievably helpful for this Nuggets group when Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are running their two-man game or Will Barton is getting involved in the pick and roll or Gary Harris is running dribble handoffs. If Paul Millsap is spacing the floor, he is helping this Nuggets team uh, immensely. So I think mine for him would be to continue maintaining that three-point shot because that could be the difference between Denver getting to a conference finals or not, honestly. Like, if they if they get matched up with the Houston Rockets, let's say, they have to have the bodies to match Houston with three-pointers because as much as I love Gary Harris and as much as I love Will Barton and Torrey Craig when they're defending, they're not going to just stop James Harden in his tracks. James Harden and Russell Westbrook just proved that in this past game that – it doesn't necessarily matter if you have a good scheme to match James Harden. Like He's just going to make the right play and put his team in a position to win, and they're going to score. So you have to have guys that can match them. You have to have guys that can score with them. I really do think that Paul Millsap maintaining his, maintaining his threes would be super, super helpful for this team. Um, yeah. let's, let's get into Will Barton then, because Will Barton is has clearly been massively impactful for this Nuggets roster. Uh, what would be your New Year's resolution for Will Barton? Just to just continue to lead this Nuggets team because I really think he has been been the leader to start the season. I mean, he's been 
on the floor, off the floor. I mean, he's he's leading the Nuggets in minutes per game at 33.1. I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. He's just playing constant minutes on a nightly basis. His health is obviously one of the greatest spots it's been his entire career. And, I mean, he's putting up really solid numbers. So I think he just needs to continue to be that leader this Nuggets team looks up to. And I think a, a, a healthy Will Barton is something that we didn't see in the playoffs last season. And I think that a healthy Will Barton for the Nuggets this season could be that dynamic player, that X factor that puts him over the edge and, and kind of gets him over the hump. So I think as he he just needs to continue building on the season he's having. I mean, it, it's I know I've said it a lot for a lot of these Nuggets players, but they just got to keep building on what they're doing because that you don't want to be playing your best basketball now. You want to be playing your best basketball when April comes. So for Will Barton, continue to climb that ladder, and then once the playoffs come, hopefully he's at that peak and he's playing his best basketball of the year. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you at all. I think he, he has been the leader for this Nuggets team, or at least the heartbeat. Jokic has definitely been the best player, but he's he's gone through his ups and downs, of course. Had a great December himself. But Will Barton was the guy to really get this team off, off and running in the right direction. And I think any, any Nuggets player will tell you, I know Michael Malone certainly believes it, that Will Barton has been the most consistent player on the team. And that's that's not really saying a lot because other guys have been super inconsistent. Jamal Murray has been up and down. Jokic obviously went through his November lull. Uh, Gary Harris started off the season really weak from from his offensive game. The bench has just been a non-starter, honestly. So Barton being the glue that kind of holds everything together has been a, a really big thing. So my New Year's resolution for him would be let's go let's go just – confidence in his ball handling confidence in his in his ability to be a playoff ball handler and be a creator that this nuggets team can rely on in those situations because there's going to come a time where the Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic pick and roll isn't working that well or Murray's having a tough game if they can switch those two roles and have Barton be the guy that's handling the ball with Murray off ball that may be the difference between a playoff series win and not so I'm looking forward to it. I think he has the talent. I think he has the capability to do that. This team is better when Barton is really good. So that's that's obviously an evergreen statement, but Barton's been really good for a lot of the time, and I think he's been one of their main reasons that they've won as many games. So, yeah, to me, that's that's a, a very straightforward thing is just Will Barton keep being thrill, keep being thrill, and keep trusting your ball handling. Um. Gary Harris, I'll go first on this one. I'm going to go Gary Harris. His New Year's resolution is to stay healthy because that dude, it, it just seems like every year that he gets nicked up, he's bumps and bruises, something holds him out for 15 to 20 games. And he got to the point where he was just getting back healthy for the playoffs last year, but I think it needs to happen earlier this year. He needs to be perfectly healthy going into the playoffs and making sure that he's established and not just the, not just being the fifth player uh, in the offense, not just being the fifth offensive option. He has the capability to be more than that, and the Nuggets are probably going to need him to be more than that in order to advance in the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as healthy Gary Harris, somebody who can really impact this team both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. What do you think, Skip? 
Yeah, no, I think health health's a major factor with Gary Harris. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played over seventy games in a season and so since the the twenty fifteen season. Well, I guess actually last year he would have played in seventy one, including the playoffs. But then again, he's a, he's only missed two games so far for the Nuggets this season. And I think, like I mentioned with Paul Millsap, his biggest ability is his availability. And he's only missed two games so far this season. He's still playing almost 33 minutes a game. So when he's on the floor, he's given the Nuggets that that production, and he's he's available for them. So I said, just like you said, a healthy Gary Harris going to the playoffs is what this Nuggets team needs. He's the guy that can stop the opposing team's best player, and that's something that the Nuggets needed. He's just another X factor. So I think health, when April comes, is his biggest resolution, and just continuing to find his offense because at the beginning of the season, his defense what was really carrying him. His offense was falling behind, but now his defense is still there. But his offense is it's slowly getting there. His three point shots starting to fall again. So I think as long as he continues to grow offensively and just keep getting better there and as long as he's healthy then he's still going to be really important to the Nuggets success all right last two everybody Jamal Murray uh if you have a a New Year's resolution for Jamal Murray at this point he's been up and down had a, had a tough go to end the to end December and 2019 what would you like to see his New Year's resolution be in 2020 uh, a good resolution I want is that within one of these next three games, he needs to score just like 40 points or something. His resolution is just have a monster game because I think that if he has a monster game, he's going to get rolling. I would also like to see Jamal Murray start shooting a couple more threes per game because I think that's when he's his best. He's still leading the Nuggets right now with five threes a game, but I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be upset if he was shooting six a game as long as he was making them. So I think that he just needs to have one of those massive games like he had last year. He needs to find that confidence again because I, I think it's there. Just the shots aren't falling right now. But but we all know Jamal Murray is an extremely confident player. So if he gets those shots rolling again, then I think a, a little a little avalanche could ensue. So I would... I would say a resolution for him is just continue to to do what he does best. Be confident, play free, play loose. Don't stress at all because the shots are eventually going to fall. And, and when they do, we've seen it. They, they can come in a flurry. So uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I have a feeling Jamal Murray is going to have a breakout game one of these next few few nights. Well, I certainly hope so. I think he's better when he's shooting the three. I think he's better when he is just having the confidence to pull up from anywhere and light it up and playing with the swagger that you know the ball's going to go through. You know it's going to be going in. And he had a couple of those moments in the Houston game. I actually thought that he he made some decent shots when he was when he was playing against Houston. But his problem is that he just takes so many inefficient shots, just so many shots from places that you're you're not hoping that he that he shoots from and you're just going no 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 oh crap I really just I I think that there is something to be said for him just saying screw it I am going to lead this team in three-point shooting and I'm going to shoot 50% from three on seven threes a game and that's just what I'm going to do for 2020 or at least the rest of this season because he has the capability to absolutely light it up so the, that's the reason why I specifically hold him to such a high standard is because I've seen him do it. I've seen him. I've seen him get into that zone where he sees a couple of those three point shots drop, and then he's willing to take some of the more difficult ones and knows that he's going to make them. So I wanted to see him let him fl- let it fly. 
just just have a number of games where you shoot eight or eight to ten threes. And even if you should go one of eight or two of ten or whatnot, the opposing team has to guard him out there. And long shots lead to long rebounds, and the Nuggets are really good as, as an offensive rebounding team. They're going to collect some of those misses, and the offense is just going to be better. So I really think that that's going to help them. All right, last one, Nikola Jokic, his New Year's resolution for 2020. I want to see him have a signature playoff moment because last season he had his 43-point game in Game 6 against the San Antonio Spurs, but that came in a loss. He had his 65 minutes played in the four-overtime game against the Portland Trailblazers in Game 3, but that came in a loss. I want to see him have a signature moment in a win, whether that's a a game-winning shot or he puts up a massive triple-double in a close game or he just scores 45 in a win. I think that he has the capability to really put himself on the map in those situations and carry the Nuggets to a victory. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a carry, but if he's if he's putting himself in the best position for this team, usually that's in the middle of the paint or at the top of the key where he can just light things up. So I want to see him have a signature playoff moment. What what would you like to see from him, Skip? Um, I really liked your answer. It was it was very good, and I'm going to take an even more serious approach. I think that I would love to see Nikola Jokic. You, you see it all the time on Saturdays and Sundays now, that little Alvin Kamara white arm sleeve on the back of his arm, because I'm sick and tired of seeing his arms bleed all the time by, peop- by people just slashing him in the post. So I need a little white a little white turf burn thing on the back of his elbow cuz not only would he look like the most savage center in the NBA but he would also we would also not have to stop the game every 5 seconds because his arm is just bleeding left and right cuz people are just slashing him in the lane so he he needs to take the take the Alvin Kamara approach get a little get some of those little arm sleeves he won't even have to worry about it maybe just get some normal long sleeves I mean he might sweat a little more I know when I work out I always wear a sweatshirt because I want to get more sweaty I mean you feel a lot more accomplished that way so let's just get him some sleeves let's get him something because I mean he's taking some shots in there and uh yeah, I mean, the, the, we're, we're yeah. pausing the game every five seconds because he's just getting slashed. Well, don't worry. Like he's worry. playing Wolverine every night. Don't worry. At least he's not going to the free throw line to stop the game even more. So, uh, <laughs> Jamal Murray. I mean, it, to... would, it, would, it would make it easier that way because he's at the line. Perfect. When he's walking up there, the trainer could come dap him up, really fix the arms, and then we wouldn't have to delay the game. But now he's got to go to the bench <laughs> because he's not getting free throws. It's just... It's just a, a whole whirlwind of issues. So we, we got we to gotta find a way to fix it. Jamal Murray had a couple of games earlier in the year where he wore long sleeves, right? Uh, yeah, because cause people respect the drip. And some of these Nuggets players all know about drip. We need to get Nikola Jokic some drip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that should be his 2020 resolution is to get him out of the sweatsuits and get him some drip. That would be, that would be, yes, a, he needs some drip. Be a good thing. And he needs to come at one of the playoff postgame pressers. He needs to show up with some sunglasses, a cool slogan sweatshirt. I mean, we need some drip here, and I think that I think that he could do it. I think he's got the game. I mean, he was wearing a cool Sherpa Nike thing last week, and I was like, I would wear that. And, you know, I consider myself a halfway cool kind of drip kind of guy. So, I mean, that's our New Year's <laughs> resolution for 2020. 
title at the podcast. Everybody trended on Twitter. Hashtag Nikola Jokic more drip 2020. Oh man, um, I all I want to see from Nikola Jokic is the ice on his wrist and a gold chain with diamond studs that says Dream Catcher in it. That's the uh, that's the goal for 2020. That's what we're gonna make happen. That's what we need. That's all we need. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. We kept you guys here long. Had a good time talking about some New Year's resolutions. So if you missed earlier in the pod, we talked about the Houston Rockets-Denver Nuggets game. Had some thoughts there. Had some thoughts about Michael Porter Jr. But make sure to get through all of these New Year's resolutions for each of the rotation players. Had a really good time talking about that. Skip, do you have anything before we depart? Uh, no, I don't have anything to, before we depart. Uh, you guys can just follow me at B underscore Skip 1717 on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Kovu1711, <laughs> Kovu1711 on Instagram, and you will get all your puppy needs. And then again, you can just follow me on Twitter. And I sometimes post things that I think are funny about the Nuggets. I post a lot of Tennessee Titans stuff because they're my favorite team. Everybody watch Saturday night because it's going to be the most epic game you've ever witnessed. Oh, And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. Oh, we should watch that game together. That will be fun. Oh, you do not want to watch that game with me. You should you should see how I act. I've almost, uh, yeah. I feel like I've almost got kicked out of my apartment multiple times. And Saturday is going to be absolutely no different. <laughs> Uh, Good to hear from you, Skip. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. We will be back with you guys next week.